Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Thank you that every weight, everything that we're carrying that's just feeling too heavy, that you would lift it off our shoulders, that we would lay aside every yoke that is not of you, every, every heavy weight that's not of you in Jesus' name, that we would take on your yoke that is easy, your burden that is light, and your, your burden that's easy, your, and, your, in Jesus' name, that you would lift up those heavy things, Lord. I speak hope over every heart now in the name of Jesus. I speak new uh, courage over every heart, every heart that's feeling burdened, every heart that's been carrying the weight of somebody else, a burden of someone else, a family member. I pray that you'd encourage them right now, you'd strengthen them, that you'd um, renew their strength in the Spirit, that you'd encourage them, that you'd strengthen them with might by your Spirit in the inner man. In the name of Jesus, that you lift them up on eagles' wings, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Is there anybody with a word or a scripture or encouragement to share. I'd love to hear from you. situations to you and I just sense that sometimes when the situation feels like the valley of dry bones um, even as we just sang Lord you you make bones linked to armies Lord and we we pray that you would um, you know that the dry bones that we see that you would give us the words to prophesy over those dry areas that you would give us the words of life to prophesy that you would come and speak those words, Lord. That you'd give us those words to prophesy over the dead bones and the dry areas in Jesus' name. That 
that life would come again, new life, Lord, an abundance of life, life that glorifies you, life that bears fruit in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. Hallelujah. So I just really resonated with Yaku because in worship I felt like the Holy Spirit is inviting us for so much joy, um, almost like a party. And um, I always have this idea that um, when, when we are able to let go of our own pride almost, it's it's like this amazing blessing to step into a party for which you don't have, you don't feel like partying. Um, I'm using the word party, but maybe that's not the same idea in everybody's head. But um, Philip always says that God is most glorified when we are most enjoyed by Him. And um, while we were pray, uh, worshiping, I, I felt exactly the same thing that Yaku felt, is that God is inviting us to, to praise Him. But something that God showed me is that the biggest form of worship is praise. It's like this paradox because the biggest form of worship, the biggest way in which you can lay down your life is to praise Him. So the biggest way that we can lay ourselves down is laying down our own emotions our own struggles and even a feeling of um, God I'm not really less eh? like this is not me I don't feel it that feeling if you can lay that down and step into the joy that God gives us that that is the ultimate form of worship that is like basically saying God regardless of how I feel I'm going to praise you I'm going to be so in I'm going to have so much joy from you, from what you did, from your cross. And um, yeah, I just want to really encourage us, not just tonight, but definitely tonight, but also going forward to, in worship, to lay down our own feelings. I promise you, I wasn't less to come to church tonight. We had a big braai, and ugh, now I'm lazy, and I'm full, and I ate too much chops. But that feeling, laying that down and saying, God, this is how I'm feeling, but I'm going to step into joy. I'm going to step into praise. And, and at the beginning, God was showing me that the, when, when we come to God, our praise and our worship is one of the only things we can actually give God. A lot of the stuff we just receive from Him, His Word we receive from Him, His Spirit we receive from Him, His grace we receive from Him. Most of the things we receive from Him, the, the only, well, not the only, but one of the only things, two of the only things that we can give Him is our praise and our worship. And our worship, yeah, just, I mean, imagine like you're going through tough times. Um, like Yaku was saying, like, imagine you, you, you're going through really hectic times. And God just invites you to praise Him because what Jesus did Yes, it's so much greater than what we experience. But at the same time, there's this freedom that we get from this fullness of joy 
beyond our circumstances. And I really want to emphasize what Yaku is saying. I was like, God, is this you? Are you inviting us to a party? But when Yaku said it, I felt like, yo, yes, God, that, that's you. That's you. He wants us to praise Him. He's, he's inviting us to praise Him with all our hearts, with everything we've got, and laying down just every feeling. Because sometimes struggles can lead us to worship, right? But sometimes struggles can kind of numb us. And sometimes continuous struggles can numb us to such a point where we don't even know that we're in a battle anymore. We're kind of like in a place where you're not, just not feeling it. But even in that place, even in a place where you feel so disconnected from God, you don't feel like praising Him. That's when we lay down our uh, logic, our program, everything. And we just say, God, I, you are most glorified when I'm most enjoyed by you. And that's something I give you. That's something I choose to give you. That's something that I lay down to give you. Amen. Thanks. Thanks so much. Hallelujah. Anybody else? What a blessing. Praise God. Amen. Thanks, guys. Amen. Just one thing before I forget. At convergence at the conference we recently had, there was a few people. There were a few people who literally spent the whole weekend serving, you know, and uh, not even exaggerating. The and one of them was the vet. Uh, when we came into the venue, he was there, and when we left Sunday evening, the vet was still there. Vet, did you get your medal yet? Huh? No. Okay, come, come forward. <laughs> All the way from the back. It's normally the guys at the back there that don't want the recognition, you see. <laughs> but we just want to thank you for all the hours and all the time and um, what you guys put in there at the back. Really appreciate it. <laughs> Here's your medal. You can put it on if you want. <laughs> bless you, brother. Thanks so much, eh? What a blessing. And you can even eat it. Eh? What a blessing. You don't have to share. Great. Oh, no, the guys sat there session after session <laughs> and uh, made it happen. And, you know, when, you, when you're streaming, streaming sessions both ways, there's a um, lot of balls to juggle to make it all happen well. So thanks so much. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, eh? So good in His presence. And uh, now, I don't have a lot of time, but that's amazing. Not a problem. Um, 
I've been signed out of what I was doing. It's, uh, let's see if we can fix it. Okay, great stuff. All right, so I'll try and be brief. I think we, we can manage. Um, Yo, just one or two things from the conference. If you were not able to join for all the sessions, or even if you were uh, able to, please take some time to have a look at the sessions on YouTube. And um, it's just so encouraging what the Lord has been saying and imparting to us. And it's so crucial for us not to just say, yo, that's nice, and then move on, but to really to kind of wrestle through what God is saying, and to let it sink in a bit, and and obviously apply His Word. Amen? So let's continue doing that, and go back to your notes, and if you didn't watch, or didn't see, go and look at the sessions, and really be blessed with, with what God is doing. All right. Um, yeah, one of the things we were chatting about a week or two ago is just um, King David's heart after God, and how he found that, as he writes it, that one thing that he is pursuing, that one thing that is most important. And uh, I just want to touch again on that a little bit, but I want to take it on, but forward to and connect with one of the themes that have come out of um, the conference. So let's just pray for the Word. Lord, we thank you for your Word this evening. Holy Spirit, we're so thankful for your presence and just how you've been ministering to us right now, Lord, and thank you that we can continue, Lord, to be transformed in your word and in your presence. Come and speak into our hearts and let your kingdom be established in this place, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's read um, from Acts chapter 13, 21, 22, just referring to that heart that, that David had. <coughs> Uh, then they asked for a king, and God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. And when he had removed him, he, this is still God, raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. God himself testifies of this. Isn't that powerful? I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart who will do all my will. So isn't that, isn't, doesn't that stir something in you to say, Yo, that's, I'd, if, if the Lord had to say something about me, that would be a good place to start. I mean, for him to say, this is somebody, a woman or a man after my heart who will do all my will. Um, and one of the themes, and more than one of the speakers at the conference mentioned desire, Six, and um, before I get to that, just just to think briefly in terms of what does it mean for your heart to be after God's heart, I'm going to look at the different aspects of that, but, you know, what was important to God was important to King David, and what was, you know, he, he was really connected to what, what is really important to God, um, so that's one aspect. And then um, Isaiah 6, as 1 to 4, um, I just want to read the four verses and then we'll get back to the one specific one. In, that, in the year that King Isaiah died, I saw this Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, 
and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of the one who called, and the house was filled, uh, of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And we see this powerful image of the, the throne of God. And then I want to just mention here, and this is, I just want to refer to that theme that came out of Convergence, that the seraphim had six wings, and only two of the wings were used for activity. But four of the wings were focused on devotion to God. And the, the person, I think more than one actually, with the speakers, I think Yinka mentioned it as well, it kind of pulled that apart a bit more. But it just challenged me again that how often do we, in our following Christ, and we even as the body of Christ, how often do we, we, we tend to gravitate towards being busy and doing the things, you know, and doing activities. And they're not bad activities, but it's as if the Lord is saying the focus, you know, the, the, uh, it should be in proportion, more, more devotion than activities. That makes sense. And, but I really feel, this, this is part of what I'm saying tonight, is that our, our devotion to God then flows over into what we do. Um, it manifests in how we live and uh, it manifests in everything we do. All right. Um, yeah, the reality is the, the environment we're living in, in whether it be in studies or workplace or, you know, I see it's even at, you know, kids' schools, even the young age, um, there's often what the activity and the the productivity is what is celebrated, and the you know getting stuff done and being really busy and multitasking and having a full schedule that is celebrated and that is really it's like a badge of honor if you can say i'm I'm at the edge of at the brink of burnout you know, and then everybody's like oh, that's that's cool you know it's not cool at all but but you know what I'm saying it's as if the society kind of lifts that thing up that busyness and that hectic life uh Whereas God is saying, maybe just in your activity, know that the devotion to God is even more important. Um, so let's look. Yeah, I just want us to look at how does it look? What does it look like? Um, you know, if if we live a life devoted to Christ, it's going to have an impact in the way we think, in the way we live, in the way we speak, in our hearts, in our minds, in our words. In our actions, it's it's it has an effect all over. Um, you know, I remember as a young believer, specifically, and even now, you know, one still has to guard against it, that we 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 start off being saved by grace. I mean, well, that doesn't change. We're saved by grace, um, and and not through works. Um, but then we gravitate towards thinking or. W- doing, thinking, okay, I must achieve these kind of things as a believer. I must um, have, have these things must be present in my life. And we've, we move, gravitate towards the activity thing. And it's as if we neglect our, 
our condition of our heart in terms of, of devotion to Christ, devotion to God. And it's as if we, and sometimes the enemy gets us into this trap of, of being sin-focused in terms of I want to do the right thing, which doesn't sound bad at all. I want to tick the boxes. I want to do the right thing. But we so focus on I don't, I don't want to do the wrong thing. <laughs> I, want to, I don't want to sin that we actually miss God's actual purpose because we're so like, okay, I'm just I'm walking on this, you know, tightrope in terms of I can't put a foot wrong uh, that we actually miss what God is saying, what the Holy Spirit is saying, and what what He's um, has prepared for us. So, and what the image that the Lord showed me is, um, instead of just trying to walk, not to do things wrong, how, what are we like as vessels for for Him and um, running ahead, a bit ahead now, but are we in who we are, in who we are, not necessarily what we do, are we being devoted to Him? You know that saying that God has made us human, human beings, not human doings. And often we, we still focus on the doing, right? And we try to get things right in the doing, but we neglect the state of who we are, the being in our being, in our state of our heart, in the state of our, just in everything in the heart and mind, are we being devoted to Christ? That makes sense. Um, okay. And I want to read from Second Timothy. And this was, um, I remember at youth when I was high school, involved in a youth, a big church here in Pretoria. Our youth pastor drilled the scripture into our heads, 2 Timothy 2.22. Okay, all the twos. 2 Timothy 2.22. Flee youthful lusts, you know. Run. He used to say, what do you do in a situation when there's this challenge, this temptation? And he says, 2 Timothy 2.22. Run as fast as you can. <laughs> so I can't help it. The thing is stuck in my head forever. It's a good youth pastor, man. Um Anyways, but let's look at the context um, but before that. Okay. Verse 20. Now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. And then he goes on. So flee youthful passions. So, he says, so, this is part of how you do it. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Who do we pursue this with? Along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. It's a good tip when you're looking for how how do I choose my friends, all right, my close friends? I must remember this for some of my kids. How do you choose your friends? Anyway, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart, have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone. Yo, that's rough, eh? Kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil getting more hectic, correcting his opponents, 
that's a nice one. With gentleness. That's a difficult part. <laughs> okay. Correcting his opponents with gentleness. May and God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. So that's a scary place, having been taken captive by the devil to do his will. Um, but Okay, we can't spend time on all of these, but I want to focus on that bit about the, the vessels. The other day, I was trying to f- treat some trees in our garden and make a big mess in the summer, and it's because of some organism that lives in the tree, some aphid or something, I don't know how to pronounce that, but they mess. So this, this thingy, this microorganism lives in the leaves and then it makes a big mess under the tree and on the house and everything else, like black, gooey, gross stuff. Oh, there's Witzstinkert trees, all right? So I found the right stuff and I put it around the tree on the roots. And then my friend explained to me why this is not working. He said, listen, this is, be, this is a big tree, okay? So it's like, so the roots are not only here around the trunk, they are like, all over the place. I was like, yes, good point. So he explained to me, there's a better way to do this. Okay, I didn't know you can do this, but you can inject the tree. Who knew? Yeah, so we injected the tree. Intravenous. Right straight. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> it, uh, I had a big injection like this and um, drilled a hole straight into the middle of the trunk, put a pipey in there and the cookies and it... Sucked it up there, no problem. Within a few hours, all the medicine into the veins. So now we'll have to, I'll give you feedback. You remind me later in the season, tell you if it worked. <laughs> if the tree dies, I'll also let you know. <laughs> Any case. My point, yes, my point was now the kids want to play with these big, these big injections, okay? But now there's poison in them. So these are, hand, these are, help, these are useful vessels, but they're not useful now for playing with, for kids. So for us to reuse them, we have to properly clean them and what, with boiling water and you know, disinfect and cleanse and get all the poison out um, so that they can be used for something else. Amen. Similarly, if there's stuff in us that's not of God, that's like the Scripture says, it's, if anyone cleanses himself of what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use. Um, and that's such a great picture for me because as we walk this road with God, I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel that the more I pursue Him, little things pop up in my heart that I didn't notice before. And then it's like, sure, where does this come from? <laughs> or I didn't see that before. And then, and then I realize, okay, we need to trust the Holy Spirit to deal with this thing. Um, maybe it's because if he shows us all of it at once at the beginning, it's going to just overwhelm us and we're just going to be depressed. But, so he shows us bit by bit, I mean. But, uh, so as the closer we get, we notice things that we did, we, we didn't seem important before, we didn't convict us before. Um, but it's still a part of that becoming a more useful vessel. Amen. So I don't think, you know, we should approach it like, okay, Lord, I must tick all these boxes. I must do the right thing. I mustn't do the wrong thing. I mustn't sin. But how can I be a pure and holy vessel? How 
How can I be a vessel that's honorable and useful? Amen? Um, it's like when you, you know, thinking of ourselves, our bodies as a, as a temple for the Holy Spirit. In the same way, you know, we had Emily's birthday party yesterday. She's turning seven this week. A little baby, seven years old. Hectic. Anyway, but, uh, and, you know, obviously this is Anna's thing. She loves hosting people, but we prepared a lot. Okay, most, a lot of the week stuff was happening and lots of prayers. Emily prayed for the weather because it wasn't looking so great. And, um, but God was really gracious and answered the prayers. And, uh, but we prepared the space and we ran around and we did lots of things just when the rain stopped because it was lots to be done. But why do we do that? Why do we prepare a space when somebody comes over? And even when the, some of the speakers were staying with us at the, over the conference weekend, we prepared the space. Uh, part of that preparation is because you want to honor somebody. Amen. I mean, somebody comes over, you prepare and you go through, you do some, make some effort because you want to honor them. You know, the scripture talks about receiving a prophet in the name of a prophet, and then you receive a reward with that. So there's that part, which is good. Amen. <laughs> But just that dynamic of I'm preparing the space because I honor somebody. Um, similarly, you know, and part of that honoring is you, you unlock that gift that God has put inside that person. So that's a, such a powerful reason how to, why to bless somebody, why to honor them, and why to prepare a space when they come over. Because then you open your heart and you unlock something of the blessing that is in that person. Amen? So it's quite a selfish reason, but it's a good one because that's what God says. You should receive a prophet like that. Amen? Um, but similarly, and even more so, shouldn't we prepare the space of our heart, this vessel for the Holy Spirit? Shouldn't we be devoted to saying, Lord, how can I honor you? How can I become an honorable vessel for your use? for the Holy Spirit to work through me. Are you with me? And you know, I just felt the Lord challenging me last while that I've been focusing on other things, but He says, why don't you focus on this? Why don't you look at you, you know, us as a church family, growing in being honorable vessels for what He wants to do and for Him. Um, so the question is, what kind of a vessel am I? And uh, Scripture says that we should examine ourselves soberly. Amen? So this is maybe one of those sober examination moments. Okay, so don't worry. It's no condemnation. It's just like, okay, let's, look, let's have a look. It's not meant to <laughs> create shame or guilt. It's meant to draw us closer to Christ. Amen? Uh, yes, maybe some, we'll have to do some repenting like I, like I had to do. But I'm still doing in the end, repentance brings us closer to Christ. I mean, repentance, Scripture says, is followed by times of refreshing. So that's a good thing to be embraced. I'm trying to teach my kids that. If you repent early, it's better. I mean, <laughs> anyway. Um, so what, what kind of vessel am I? What kind of vessel are we as a family as individual families, but also as a church family. What kind of vessels are we? Okay. 
where's my heart at? Um, so I've just I'll put on a couple of um, kind of things for us to investigate, to just questions to still work through. So I'm going to just work through them just to, and this is not an exhaustive list, but just a few things to think about in terms of where's my heart at, all right? Firstly, um, and now this was me for a very long time. You know, you busy with something, and it could be something really deep and spiritual. It could be something not deep and spiritual at all. It could be something at your work or your sport or something, and you're running with this thing, and it's whatever it is. And then like three quarters of the way through, you think, you should probably pray about this thing. And you say, Lord, please bless this thing I'm doing. <laughs> um, and then I, I, with time, I realized that's, that may have some benefits. <laughs> But much more beneficial is before embarking on whatever you're doing, whether it's a project or a mission or a relationship or a, a career move or a physical house move, anything, big decisions, small decisions, before to seek God and say, Lord, what would please you in this situation? Amen? Can you see the difference there? Not like, okay, Lord, I'm busy with this thing. Can you, do you mind blessing it? Uh, and the other side is saying, okay, Lord, what do you require of me and what would really be pleasing to you in this situation? And you, obviously you can apply this to many different, you can apply this to your decision-making, your planning. You know, we had a time of the year where the organized ones among us are scheduling the next year already and budgeting. I'm not including myself in that category, but my wife is probably already doing that. But... Um, but I want to challenge us. While you're doing your planning for next year, maybe planning leave, planning budgets, um, think of it from this angle. Lord, what would really please you in my budget? What would really please you in the way that I plan my, my holidays and my time of rest? What would really be pleasing to you? Isn't it interesting, and I often find this ministering to People wrestling with, should I go out with this lady? You know this thing that's happening? In, in, I'm just getting distracted for a moment. Uh, Abigail is 11 now, right? She's in grade 5. And apparently now in her grade, there's this thing of also psalm. There's a, a boy and a girl, and they are an item. I don't know how to, how to translate also psalm. But they are psalm. Yes, but it means, yeah, they are together. So they, what does that mean? They, nobody knows. They, they don't know either. So they are together for a week or two, and then they're not together anymore. And then there are tears, and then they, they, don't, then they can't play together anymore at, at break. I also, so what, what happens when they are together? Do they sit together at break? Do they buy each other a muffin at the tuck shop? No, nothing. Nothing happens. But there's peer pressure, and you know, no, you have to, this is important, and she's puzzled, I'm puzzled, but it was a great conversation to have because then we chatted about, okay, why is there this desire? Why is there this thing that at that age, you know, why is that? And we found that a few of the girls that did not yet have somebody to be psalm with, or a few of them that actually said no, we said, okay, but that makes sense because that lady, we know the family, I don't obviously know all of them. But that one girl is in a solid home. She knows her identity in Christ. She knows who she is in Jesus. 
she doesn't need a boy of 11 to affirm her. Are you with me? And that makes sense to Abigail because she was also like, why? You know, anyway. <laughs> Any case, uh, but what I find when uh, ministering to young people, especially in terms of maybe you are some and you are in a season where it makes sense to be together because you, you know, asking the question, should we be married, which is about the right season, as I explained to Abby. But, um, and they ask, but physically, you know, how far is it, is it okay to go physically before you are married? And often we, we approach life like that. We think, how far can I move towards the precipice, the, the, the chasm, you know, the big afgrond of sin? How close can I walk to the cliff before I fall off? We approach life like that. And I say, no, you're asking the wrong question. <laughs> it's not how close can I move towards that direction. You don't want to move in that direction at all. Why would you go closer to the cliff? Why would you go as close as possible to the cliff? Ask this question. What would please the Lord? Are you with me? Isn't that a better question? I ask it in most things. In my financial stewardship, how close can I get to the cliff? How, in my tax return... How close can I get? <laughs> what would please God? Amen? I just need one amen. Okay, okay great. Thanks. Um, yeah, so I'm challenged. I mean, even in the way we spend our time. I mean, we, we were on the way back from the pastor summit, and both trips on the plane was just Abigail and I. She came along with a big adventure. Daddy-daughter adventure was really good. Uh, E-Bucks did their thing. Um, but... Um, so, on the, you know, before, and I said to Abby, listen, we get, we're going to have somebody sitting next to us on the plane for two hours. We have to pray. Maybe the Lord wants to minister to that person. You know, maybe you never know. And, um, but you agree that, listen, let me, let me just do a disclaimer here for the parents among us. It hasn't always been like this. Because if you're traveling with a family of five and all of them are small, it's just, I just want to survive the flight with the same clothes on, you know. Because if a baby gets nauseous, guess what? It's not only them that needs new clothes. You also need new clothes. If it's a 12-hour flight, it's an extreme sport. It can get rough. Um, you just want the people around you to survive the flight as well. Um, I remember when you walk on, onto a long-haul flight with a baby in your arms, and you walk down the aisle like this. And you walk and you go, you know, <laughs> they go, oh, please don't sit next to me. Anyway, and then afterwards, they were always very blessed. They were so good. Anyway, so, um, so it's not always like that, but now we're in a new season. The kids are a bit older. So we're praying, but it would have been really convenient and really easy for us just to be on some kind of a device and maybe watch something or catch on, on some reading or be engaged in some other way. But I feel this is part of what the Lord is challenging us about, is in those moments, um, and a lot of the apps that we have on our phones are, are literally called time waster apps. You know I mean? they, fill, they fill the time. In those moments where we can fill the time so easily with something that's not sin, it's not sin, you know I mean? it's not terribly bad for you, but... Is it pleasing to God in that situation? 
So we prayed, and, the, and it was really blessed because Abby got a verse, got a scripture for the lady, and she asked me, she held me really accountable. She said, did you get something, Daddy? Did God tell you something? I said, yes, he did. Did you tell the lady? I said, not yet. She said, you must be obedient. I said, yes, thank you. I'll, I'll be obedient. <laughs> so she wouldn't have let me leave that plane. Yeah, but it was really cool. Uh, the one lady was a believer, and the her colleague across the aisle was not a believer. But the Lord gave her word as well. But can you see that because we were open to not just let's not sin on the flight, <laughs> but what would be pleasing to Christ, what would be pleasing to God, how can we spend this time in a way that pleases God? That was really a powerful moment because two people there connected with Christ in an unlikely environment. Are you with me? Um, and it was really encouraging for us. Um, so, yeah, let's ask that question. What would we be pleasing in every situation? What would please the Lord? Okay. And then, in times of crisis, who do I turn to first? Um, who's the person that I call? I'm not saying it's a bad thing to have somebody to call. It's a good thing. Maybe it's your mom or your dad, or it's maybe it's your husband or your wife. But who's that first person? I'm not talking about the skit gebeki, the prayer of desperation. We all do that. I'm talking about really sharing your heart and saying, Lord, yo, this is really hectic, this thing had happened. But it just, it, answering this question helps us to see where is my heart. Okay? Similarly, very closely related, after an exhausting day of manic running around or something that's really, something, a season of, you know, maybe you've had a, a week that was really rough, where do you go? In your mind or physically even, where do you go to recharge? And again, I'm not saying it's bad to go for a run or go and exercise. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying in your thoughts, in your, in your heart, where do you go to recharge or to escape? Does it make sense? Mads Dazel in her session on the conference said something really powerful. She said, um, the behavior you escape to will be the behavior you become enslaved to. Okay, that's probably not exactly the exact words that she used. Please go and watch the sessions. Really, really practical. But she's saying that that thing that we escape to, to find comfort, to find rest, to, to recharge kind of thing, that's probably going to be the thing that we get addicted to if that's not a godly thing. Amen? Yes, I think we can all relate to that some way. So, so that is a good question to ask. And if I find my heart is, and this, they ask us this question at the pastor summit, and I thought, yo, it's a good one, because it just shows us: am I am I finding my refuge in Christ first? Is my heart devoted to Him in to such a way that that is where I find refuge? This is why I recharge. This is where I first get first my you know foremostly my my re-energizing and my encouragement from. Again, I'm not saying all the other things are bad. I'm saying what's the primary thing, okay? And then also, when I'm completing something or I'm doing, you know, achieving something, whose approval do I crave foremostly? Am I, am I hoping that my boss is going to notice? Am I doing it for my supervisor's approval, or am I doing it, am I trying to win in a, 
and again, not, not all of those are bad things, but what's the, well, who am I pleasing primarily? Am I living for the approval of men or am I living for the approval of God? Are you with me? Um, do I crave um, the, the, the you know, acknowledgement of people or am I content with my Father in heaven and His approval and His acknowledgement and His acceptance? And the powerful thing is we don't have to win or earn His acceptance. He's paid for that on the cross. Amen? He's already won. He's already found us accepted in Christ. He approves of us in Christ. Amen? Uh, but again, that kind of shows us and, and, and crazy, the crazy thing is when we, when we find ourselves, again, and this is one of those areas of our lives where if we just go with the flow, we're going to be living for the approval of man because that's, we, that's how, the way our society is built. So unless we are absolutely deliberately going the opposite way, we're going to be drifting downstream. Amen? So um, if I'm not very deliberate in checking my heart, checking my motive, checking where I'm at, what I'm working for, what I'm building towards, the default will be approval of man. And that is very closely connected to the fear of man. It just means I fear man more than I fear God. I'm talking to myself as well. Can you see the eye there? I'm talking about me as well, okay? So, um, so we look at our hearts and we say, okay, I realize there's some things in my heart that I'm still fearing God, not fearing God more than I'm fearing man. So I need to turn my heart towards God more. Amen. Are you with me? Okay. Um, all right. You guys remember those? Okay, maybe some of you are too young. Those WWJD bracelets. You still get them, apparently. I've seen them here and there. What would Jesus do? Remember them? At one point, they were very in, and then they became so in that they were a bit meaningless because people were just wearing them, and it wasn't really a practical thing. But I think, in essence, it's not a bad thought to say, to think about, in this moment, what would Jesus do? And I think this is similarly what we're doing here. We're saying, what would please God? Amen? Isn't that similar? And so... I don't think that idea was a bad idea. It's a good idea in terms of keeping our hearts and our minds and our thoughts focused on what we'd be pleasing to God in this situation right now. Um, I mean, yeah. Okay, so I think in terms of, to close, um, I really feel that there's grace this evening us to be vulnerable before God and say, Lord, sure, I realize sometimes I run in this direction <laughs> to be comforted, or sometimes I, I just go down this rabbit hole of YouTube videos and just escape for, and I look again, two hours have passed, and like, what happened now? <laughs> when maybe when I'm depressed, I, I just take that tub of ice cream and I just... <laughs> But my point is, uh, I really trust in the Holy Spirit for us just to, to highlight something. And again, it's not shame or condemnation, but it's just a place of saying, okay, 
Lord, I want my heart to grow closer to you. I want my heart to be fully devoted to you. I want to grow towards being a vessel that is honorable. I want to be useful to you Amen. in every situation. Yeah, so if the band can come up, we're just going to take a moment, just maybe just where we're sitting, take a moment to bring our hearts before the Lord. Uh, take a moment to be still. Maybe allow the Holy Spirit just to speak into our hearts, to ask Him, Lord, where is my heart at? What kind of a vessel am I at the moment? Uh, am I distracted? Am I finding my refuge, my rest in something else? Am I asking God to bless what I'm doing, but I'm not really in asking Him what would please Him? Um, am I seeking His approval or, or am I seeking man's approval? Amen. So let's close our eyes. Let's take a minute or so and let's trust the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we ask, oh, you're so good, Lord. Thank you that you're so gentle. But it is your desire for us to be more like Jesus. And it is your desire for us to be vessels of honor. So I pray, Holy Spirit, right now, that you'd speak into every life, into every heart. And you gently put your finger, Lord, on areas that you'd like us to, to take note of. In Jesus' name. Thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you that you are gentle. You are a good father. Thank you, Lord. Even in a place of vulnerability, we can trust you because you are faithful, Lord. You are so good towards us. Now, Holy Spirit, thank you that you speak into every heart. Thank you for your conviction. Thank you, Lord, that you gently point us back to Christ, Lord. Joy point us back. You draw us close to yourself, Lord. In Jesus' name. Yeah, Father, we just we humbly come, Lord. We repent. Every time that we just run 
And then later we ask your blessing on what we're doing. We run in a direction and we don't really engage. We don't really care, Lord, if this is what pleases you, Lord. We just repent of that right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that you stir in our hearts a, a desire in every situation, Lord, to please you, Lord. To find out what pleases you, Lord. Jesus. Now, whether it be at work, Lord, maybe in the tea room, instead of catching up on news, Lord, that we would look at the people around us, Lord, that we would notice the, the crowds weary and scattered like sheep without a shepherd, maybe in class, maybe at our workplace, maybe in a taxi or on a bus, on an airplane, maybe in our street, maybe in our, in our jogging route, wherever we find ourselves amongst people, Lord, that we would not be so busy with our things, filling up time and space, but, Lord, that we would be aware of you, of your presence, and of your love for every soul, and that we would ask this question, Lord, what would be pleasing to you right now? That we would be willing to stop what we are doing. Say, God, I want to be a vessel of honor you in this situation. I want to be useful. I want to see your glory manifested through my life, Lord. Lord, you are, we acknowledge that often we run to different places of refuge. We escape. And sometimes these things become habits and they we don't realize it, Lord, but they bind us, Lord. So this evening we repent, Lord, of escaping to other things. We repent, Lord, of sometimes finding refuge in something or someone that's not you, Lord. This evening we proclaim that you are our first place of refuge, Lord. You are our strong tower. You are our place of peace. You are the one where we find rest, Lord. You are the lover of our soul. There's no one else that can fall at place, Lord. Not even a spouse, not even a close family friend. There's no one else, Lord, that that is that can fill that role, Lord. And so we look to you again tonight, Lord. We say, Lord, and we want we want to turn our hearts and our eyes and our, our very lives towards you again. Spirit showed you anything just as we were praying before. Just want to take you to take a moment just where you're standing in your own words, just softly under your breath, just to say, Lord, here I am in this thing. I want to repent of this thing. I want to turn to you, Lord. If you find yourself craving the approval of men, if you find yourself wrestling with the fear of man, or if any of the things we spoke about, the Holy Spirit has pointed something out to you, just boldly bring it before God and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Just lay this down. I ask that you would become my first refuge, whatever, it may, whatever is applicable. So just take a moment to bring those things before God, just where you're standing, please, just in your own words.
Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash Pretoria.